The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. making sure we're live yeah we are live okay i just you just gotta make sure with things like this it's a sunday morning it's the first live on to the next one of 2023 so just gotta make sure we have the the i's dotted and the t's crossed as we welcome you to a brand new edition of on to the next one we're live following the first ufc pay-per-view of the year which all in all was a pretty fun card one that gave us two new ufc world champions in jamal hill and brandon moreno marked the end of two legendary careers and in other cases also mark the beginning or the continuation of some exciting up and coming runs in the sport of mixed martial arts and in the UFC following UFC 283, the promotions returned to Brazil for the first time in almost three years. But thank you for watching live with us. Thank you for listening or watching after the fact I am Mike Heck. Please bear with me. Not much left in the old voice department. We're going to battle through it. Like we always do after last night and joining me, as you can see, is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, and damn it, he's my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. AK, how are you, my man? Uh, I'm doing great. Gong Hei Fat Choi, happy Chinese New Year to all my all my peoples out there. It is uh, the year of the rabbit kicking off, possibly the year of the raw dog. We don't know, still to be determined. Uh, horrible to hear. There was a <laughs> there was a shooting in LA this uh, this morning. So you know, thoughts and prayers and all that. And hey, people, fix your uh, fix your gun control down there. But um, otherwise, so everyone, you know, on a more positive note, everyone celebrating. Have a great and safe day today. Uh, yeah, but Mike, our first UFC pay per view of the year. I agree. I think it was pretty good. I, I, I uh, we got a full fifteen fights, which did, which really didn't turn out to be that much of a drag. I think you know we got the usual deal where 
because there's so many fights, they ran through all the prelims in really good fashion, and we had a lot of finishes there. So it felt it felt like a run. Obviously, you hit the main card, you know, then you get back to sort of uh, you know uh, that paper, that pay per view pacing, and that happens. But other than that, well paced, good action, some new names, some new yeah, dare we say, new stars, new contenders. Who knows? This this uh, this business is so crazy. You go from being the top prospect uh, one second to being a uh, a never a never was within 18 months and we and we saw people on this card who have sort of had been on that roller coaster uh and uh, so we got a little bit of everything i think so uh i'm excited man i'm excited to just talk about the fights talk about new champions and uh yeah a real a real i think tone setter for uh, for the rest of the year this is this might not go down as like the most memorable card of the year you know when we when we get to uh we get to our year-end awards and all that but it, it i feel like it's set a tone for some of the really 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 massive fights that we're going to see in, in 2023. Completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, someone said happy birthday, Mike. We're not going to flip this whole happy no. birthday thing on me. Uh, birthday was I will say, by the time when we do the show after UFC 284, that will actually ring true because that will actually be my birthday after the Volkanovski Makachev card. So uh, stay tuned for that. But here's how this is going to work. I see some people asking questions about how this is all going to play out in terms of the peeps. So... We're going to go through the main card. We're going to match make who we are going to match make for. If you have suggestions for the fights that we're actually talking about, throw them in the chat. We'll chuck them on the screen and then we'll do our wild card picks. And then after that, for the final 10 or 15 minutes or so, we will open it up to the peeps. We'll throw some on the screen. We'll have a little lightning round like we typically do. And we will react to them in real time. And it'll be a lot of fun. So, We'll go probably for an hour. I'm still in New York, and it is my hope that I get out of here today, okay? It is my hope that I'm able to make it home because it is going to be awful weather-wise this afternoon. From what I understand, where I live in South Carolina, it's going to be awful there as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we're able to get back to South Carolina uh, later on tonight. But let's get into this thing. Jamal Hill, a.k.a. is the light heavyweight champion of the world. The results. He's the light heavyweight champion of the UFC. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. We'll get into that in a minute. He's the, he's the UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. So we both we both win. So like, like we talked about, the results, all of it. Saying those words into a live headphone microphone, not shocking. We all thought Jamal Hill could win this fight. He was the betting favorite all week and through most of the build. But just the way he did it, pitched an absolute gem out there, sweeping the cards. All three judges scored at 50-44. It probably should have been a lot worse on the scorecards in 50-44, but that's neither here nor there. But Sweet Dreams wins the title. We have a new light heavyweight champion. It took two pay-per-views to do it, but we, we have a new champion. And he will go down as the final opponent of the game. Incredibly tough former champion and all-around great guy, Glover Teixeira. And this division, AK, despite having a champion right now, it is still... A hot mess with Yuri Prohashka on the sidelines with an injury. We have contenders who are out there. We don't really know what's going to happen here. And Prohashka reacted to the fight in Prohashka-like ways in the snow, just saying, I'm coming, Jamal, I'm coming. So what do we do here with Yuri Prohashka on the shelf? Do we hope that Yuri just has magical healing powers and can come back like faster than anybody else with an injury like this? Or... Are we going to have to play a little bit more safely, get another contender in there, and then hope Yuri's ready after that? Yeah, look, in a perfect world, 
Erie is right about his most optimistic projections for his injury recovery. And yeah, we can book him to fight Jamal Hale sometime in the next six months. But, it, it, you know, if, if only to really bring order back to this division. Because while it's nice to have an official UFC champion, listen, everyone knows the circumstances around which this fight was put together. I don't know if anyone can seriously argue that he's necessarily better than, you know, Jan Blachowicz or Megaman Ekolaev. I would think... Well, maybe before, maybe after tonight, it might be different. But heading into tonight, if you had matched up Jamal Hill with either of those guys, you know, last year, Jamal Hill would have been a plus 300 underdog. So uh, the title, having the title, putting on a performance like that against Glover definitely might change things. Uh, I think we're going to see it. Uh, I would love, I can't wait to see who he fights next. So I'm on Jamal Hill, what the odds are. Uh, because, yeah, I, w- I wonder how much this one win changes how much people thought of him. Because we've always been high on Jamal Hill. I think even after like, you know, the Paul Craig loss, we were all like, listen, this doesn't, this doesn't, this in no way like spoils his chances of becoming a future contender or a future champion because on that night, listen, Paul Craig was just a better fighter and Paul Craig is very good. I know, I know after yesterday, two fight losing streak, Paul Craig's really good. So him beating Jamal Hill was a credit to Paul Craig. Nothing, I don't think it said anything bad about Jamal Hill's skills and look where Jamal Hill is now. You know, he's winning a UFC title in the main event and um, Paul Craig's uh, losing in the, the main card opener. So He's 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 bounced back really nicely. Uh, I did want to say something about Jamal's character. I, I just it was a really really tough to watch. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of Glover, so really really tough to watch him lose to uh, to Jamal. This is this is by the way not speaking objectively, and this is not talking about anything about Jamal's fighting skills. Uh, just Jamal recently following the Dana White, you know, uh, New Year's Eve incident where he struck his wife just completely embarrassed himself on social media with this insane over the top defense of Dana White. Even this was after Dana had said, please don't defend me the first time when the TMZ interview, um, he still did it. I mean, Jamal Hill still did it went off on why, why, men, why when it's okay for men to hit women. And, you know, listen, uh, people can present all these extreme cases like, Oh, well, what if a, what if someone was about to like press a button that blows up the world, you wouldn't hit a woman then. Like, those hypotheticals and these discussions are so pointless. And I think we all know what we mean when we say a man shouldn't hit a woman. We all know, except for people like Jamal Hill, apparently. He has no concept of it. He's a freaking 200 plus pound human being with combat skills. And I guess he'd be okay with, with striking a woman if, uh, if, she, if she shoved him. So that whole thing was disgusting to me. He's not to leave the tweets. If anyone wants to know what I'm talking about, go check Jamal Hill's social media. He, did, he went on this rant weeks before he was about to fight for the UFC title. So uh, if he's going to apologize for it, I'd love to see that. I think there's a lot of atonement that has to be done to rehab this guy's image. But again, this is speaking personally. If we're just talking about performance-wise, that was an outstanding uh, challenger performance. That was, I would not have picked Jamal Hill to win by decision. I I said he could totally knock Glover out in the first round, second round. You know, he's just, there's the age gap. He's such a talented guy. Uh, I had picked Glover, but I said, if Jamal Hill knocks him out, wouldn't surprise me. Jamal Hill winning a commanding, dominant decision. That surprised me. That really, really surprised me. So putting aside my, you know, whatever personal, uh, how I feel about his character. Uh, and by the way, I'm not, I'm never going to put that aside completely. It's probably going to come up every time I talk about Jamal Hill going forward. But just talking about the performance. I don't know if he could have fought better. He, he, the takedown defense was on point. The striking, the timing, the combinations, just outstanding. He looked like a top five light heavyweight, which uh, when the rankings come around this week, well, we'll see. We still have some math to do, but very likely, obviously, he's a UFC champion now. 
he beat a guy who we, who was our consensus number two light heavyweight before retiring. I think you guys can guess that he's at least, very least going to be top five. How high? Again, you'll see when when the rankings come out. Uh, Mike, I, I, I don't have much to say. I, I just go on that little rant. But I had said uh, the I had said what I had said. For, oh yes, uh, Jan Blachowicz, Jan Blachowicz and Magomed Ankalaev need to rematch. And uh, I wanted that wh- whoever wins that to get the winner of this fight. So I'm sticking with that. I, it's not booked yet, but I have to, I can't see why they wouldn't book Jan and Magomed too uh, anytime soon. The winner of that, Jamal Hill, there's your first title defense. It was an incredible performance. It reminded me of Cody Garbrandt's win over Dominic Cruz in a, in a, in a higher weight class. It just came out of nowhere. And it's not, again, it wasn't surprising Jamal Hill won. It was just surprising how he did. It was by far his best performance. Glover was too tough for his own good. Fight probably should have been stopped around before, but... We also didn't know that Glover was just going to flat out retire afterwards, and then Glover takes him down and mounts him in the fifth round, and it was just still Glover took us on an emotional roller coaster ride, and Jamal Hill looked great. He he showed a lot. He answered a lot of questions. It seemed like the Tiago Santos fight and the Paul Craig fight; those performances were going to stick in our minds every time Glover got this fight to the ground. But Jamal did the damn thing, and he had very little pressure on him. He just went in to enemy territory as ended up being the favorite but even if he lost because of how this division is right now he's he was only like a win or two away from getting right back so he was as close to house money as it could possibly be but man did he deliver this was an incredible performance from jamal hill i'm very intrigued to see how he matches up with some of these other guys because he just went out there and he beat the hell out of glover Teixeira. but he also took a lot of damage in this fight he didn't speak to the media at the post-fight presser. Like, it was dominant. It probably was like a 50-43, 50-42 in, in some cases, if you want to go that far. Um, but he might be out for a little bit. And I think if we get to late May into June and the prognosis on Yuri is positive in any way, like, if there's a chance he can return end of the summer, early fall-ish, if it's possible then I think the UFC will just hold off and do Hill versus Yuri. And I think Yuri is just the kind of cat who can defy the odds and heal at like Tony Ferguson-like levels. So that's what I'm going to go with here. I'm not really confident. I do think Anthony Smith might be the favorite only because he was the backup. I know he didn't make weight, but I honestly could not care less about that. And I just feel like of all the names available, if we're talking about who's the more known commodity, a guy who's already fought for the belt. Anthony's kind of on the back nine himself in a lot of respects, and he's very well-respected. So I feel like if they're going to give Anthony Smith a title shot, you kind of have to do it now, because if you chuck Anthony in there with, with Ankoliath again or somebody like that, I have a hard time believing that it's going to go very well for him. And at the same token, Jamal Hill was supposed to fight Anthony Smith in the first place on March 11. So the story's already there. They already have poster drafts ready to go with those two guys, I'm sure. So it's easy from a marketing perspective. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Does Anthony Smith deserve a title shot over some of these other guys? No. But has that mattered in the past? Absolutely not. Anthony Smith is was the backup fighter for this fight, whether you think he deserves a title shot or not. You guys need to understand, this isn't Bellator. We don't live in a meritocratic world in the UFC. We have it in a very long time. Do you remember the conversation we were having before Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman was official for UFC 286? We were talking about 
Jorge Masvidal getting a title shot. And Anthony Smith, is, at this point, is equally as deserving or more deserving of a title shot right now than Jorge Masvidal is. So let's just put that out there if we're talking meritocratic world. So this division is intriguing in some ways, but like I said, it is a absolute dumpster fire right now because we just don't know what's going to happen. With Yuri on the shelf, it just makes things a whole lot more difficult. So I don't know what they're going to do. So I'm going to, my official pick will be Yuri later this year, but who the hell knows what's going to happen. So yeah. Glover Teixeira, AK, retires yeah. at the end. And I don't think it was all that surprising, but what a career this guy had. And the good news is he will be around the sport for a very long time. As a coach, he's obviously the one of the main training partners and coaches of Alex Bejeda, who is the middleweight champion of the world. I have I talked about this last night on the post fight show. I have been a ring announcer for many New England MMA cards, and Glover Teixeira was at a whole bunch of them, if not all of them, cornering six to eight guys in every card and just winning every single one of them. So he's going to be around the sport, coaching and being in corners for multiple generations. What was your reaction to Glover Teixeira calling it a career? Uh, I'm, I'm glad he did. In a way, I'm glad he did. I, 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 this was a bit of a one of the things that brought the score down for Saturday's card was that, um, and, I, and, and I'm trying to speak sort of from the perspective of the fans in the building. You, 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 they were robbed of a few like really of a few like feel good moments. Obviously, they would have loved to see Clover win the main event. Davis Figueredo uh, losing the, the the series with uh, Brandon Moreno now down, you know two one to one for Moreno, um, and then saying on the moving up to bantamweight like it it it, it would have been cool if he had won and still moved up to bantamweight. It would have been such a triumphant moment. Like I've done everything I can. I've cleaned out flyweight. I'm on to new things. Instead, you know the the news of moving up to bantamweight's got kind of a muted response. Uh, and then of course Shogun with it losing such a pointless matchup. So it, it was it was a real bummer for people. And I wish. Uh, you could see uh, on, on the broadcast, I know a lot of people were commenting on it. Man, why? It looked like there's so many empty seats. It looked like really everyone, it just wasn't packed for the retirement of one of the best light heavyweights we've ever seen. And I think that's true. I, I assume, I guess people, I had heard a few things that some of the cheap seats were a little too expensive for people. So, that, you know, those seats didn't get filled. And also people had left. They were not happy with the Moreno Figueredo result. Uh, that might have been a handful of people. And then... Because the main event was so clearly Jamal Hill winning, uh, there might have been people heading to the stands like it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Red Sox might getting knocked out, uh, you know, 16 to 2 by the Toronto Blue Jays, something like that. Just to bring up a random example, you know, people were. Or, or the Boston Celtics without Jason Tatum beating the oh. Toronto Raptors oh, or without soon. Marcus Smart. Too our, soon. Or Robert Williams the third last time. Just soon. wanted to throw that out there. My guys, wanna, my guys are down. Do that. My guys are down. <laughs> I shouldn't have pulled. I shouldn't have pulled that card. Yeah, too too soon. Buddy. <laughs> too soon. I too forgot. Soon. I forgot about that already. I tried to blank that in my mind. I shouldn't have pulled that card. Um, but yeah, it it did. Look, whatever the reason, I I I did look like uh, we didn't have a full house because, and you could hear it. You could hear everything. You could hear on the broadcast. You could see it in the broadcast. It, it just it, the moment just didn't feel as as big as it should have. But blessed Glover, you know, he made the most of it. Retired in a classy way. Loved him saying, listen, me and Jamal, we're going to walk out together. He saw what happened with Moreno. The crowd getting really agitated, throwing stuff at Moreno as they ran him out of the out of the uh, arena. And then, you know, Clay was like, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out with Jamal. So you're not going to be throwing stuff at him. So that was such a classy move. Really good stuff from Glover. So, uh, you know, the, the, the moment itself was great. Uh, hopefully we can look back on it a little more fondly, um, you, you know, considering the fight was such a bummer. 
for for Glover fans. If you're a Jamal Hill fan, you're probably freaking through the roof right now. You had a great time for Glover fans. You know, de- definitely definitely a bit sad, and um, the the way it went too, so one sided. Probably could have been stopped earlier. I thought the fourth. I thought the fourth round. I would have had no problem if this corner didn't let him out for the fifth. Uh, but listen, everything ends badly. Otherwise, it wouldn't end. So hopefully, this is the last time we see Glover fight. Uh, if it is, nothing to be ashamed of. Went the distance with again an outstanding performance by Jamal Hill, and uh, I, I'm glad. Like what you said, Mike, we'll, we'll be seeing him. We'll be seeing him around. We'll be seeing him around. Hundred percent. And just to take it all home, like this is this is my this is what I want. Like let Jam- let Jamal Hill just kind of chill. Let him receive his flowers, if you will. Let him enjoy the fact that he won the belt, and then let's just hope Yuri can come back sometime this year and then just do jamal hill versus jerry prahashka and just let the rest of this crazy division work itself up that's what i want to see but the ufc sometimes like they just they'll book cards with like three title fights or multiple cards of two title fights and then we get to a point where like okay now what are we gonna do to fill this card and oh yeah we have jamal hill he hasn't fought in five or six months who can we throw him in there against oh this is too soon this is too soon and you know anthony smith's not going to say no to any kind of a fight so yeah, that's why I'm saying it. That's not my pick. My pick is Yuri, if they could do it. But again, it's all about timing, and it's all about how this all works out. So uh, happy trails to Glover Teixeira. Well done. Classy on the way out. And yeah, emotional moment for Jamal Hill. Good night for him. He, he, he looked fantastic. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Brandon Moreno is once again the undisputed flyweight champion of the world, finishes Davis and Figueredo, third round TKO, doctor stoppage, nasty cut on the eye of Davis and Figueredo. Watching live during the watch party with GC and Jose and Frank and everybody else, I thought Moreno won all three rounds. The three judges all gave Moreno one and three. They all gave... Figgy round two. One judge actually gave Moreno a 10-8 in the third. But either way, great win for Moreno. He looked fantastic. The safe Sayud and the all-star coaching staff clearly put a, put together a brilliant game plan that, that Moreno stuck to. He stayed patient through a lot of it. And to me, I think he officially closed the book on this rivalry. Don't even think this one warrants a friends forever, AK. I think this is a MMA community forever pick. It's Moreno versus Pantoja. Alex Pants finally gets his title shot. He deserves it. They already had a little backstage run in. It was all kind of respectful. Brandon Moreno thought it got a little, a little aggressive back there. But in the end, this is the fight to make, is it not? 
Yeah, we, we, we can't sing Friends Forever. This is just obvious. If this, if this, this has been in the makings for so long, uh, Pantoja got slightly derailed by, uh, by the loss to Askarov. But if, again, it wouldn't have made a difference because the Marino Figgy, you know, feud was in full force at that time. If anything, it just gave Pantoja time to sort of rebuild that contender, that clear number one contender status, uh, constantly reminding us of his history with Moreno, beat him on the Ultimate Fighter, beat him in the UFC. That's 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 a win if you're Moreno, just for your pride. You've got to want to get back. Plus, it's a sellable fight. So, uh, yeah, no friends forever. Easy pick. This this is this, this is like you know we say we don't get points for Bellator picks. I don't even think we get a point for Moreno Pantoja. I'm sure everyone's on this train. So we'll we'll share you know we'll share in the in the the joy of the matchup being made together. But sorry, everyone. I, I think the uh, the Otno vault stays closed for this matchup. So I don't think. Uh, I don't think we need to we need to uh, pat ourselves in the back too much. But yeah, great performance by Moreno. Uh, I still think honestly, if these guys run it back every year, they would just trade wins and losses or draws. Or they're so evenly matched. I loved that fight. I know um, this was pretty. This was not quite as lopsided as the second Moreno fight. Uh, second fight that Moreno won. It was still a clear Moreno win uh, even before the stoppage. Like he was. He, I, I I had him up all three rounds. I think the judges had a 29-28, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Fig, but Figgy had some great moments too. Some of the grappling exchanges, their striking—it's just beautiful. These, these are the two. It's unbelievable. These are the, these are the two best flyweights in the UFC, and two of the three best in the world. Uh, I, I would love for them to fight again in the future at a catch weight, whatever works. I, I don't want this to end. I want to see them fight again. Give it a year. Give it eighteen months. Give it two years. I still want to see them fight again. I just, I just love watching these two guys go at it. If like a few years down the line, both guys are ready to move on into another career or into coaching and they don't want to fight anymore. And it's just like, all right, we each have one more fight left. Just do it one more time just for the hell of it. Cause I would watch the crap out of it, but it was just, even though Moreno looked so good. Yeah. Figgy, Figgy had some moments for sure. It, it, it was just the kind of perfect ending to at least the championship rivalry. It's, it's wild. So it seems like Moreno is pretty easy. The more interesting one right now is Davis and Figueredo, AK, because while this book of this rivalry ends for the flyweight title, a new chapter of the Davis and Figueredo biography will be written because he's moving up to 135. He'd been teasing it for a while, confirmed it after the fight. I thought he was going to retire because he had the gloves, looked like he was going to put him down, and then he just took the gloves off to say, I'm retiring from 125, I'm just moving up to 135. Uh there's so many fun fights for him at Bantamweight. What's the one you landed on? Because this is this is so interesting. I saw a lot of people, I think on social media, and I, I haven't looked, I haven't taken a good look at the picks that have been sent directly to us, Mike, but I saw a lot of people saying Dominic Cruz, which, I, I mean, initially my was like, I was like, no, because I just think Figueredo is just a huge favorite at this point. You know, Cruz still got some moves. He'll be the bigger guy, presents matchup problems, to Figgy for sure. I just think at this stage of these, their careers, the Figgy is going to catch him with something and just put him down. And I, I, you know, it's a sellable fight. If you're just trying to find what's the most marketable fight for him, sure, give Figgy Cruz in his first fight. I don't know if Cruz is interested in that, but okay, I, I understand the appeal behind it. I understand why the UFC would do it. It's not like it's not like a crazy thing. That said, I went a little bit further down. I'm like, okay, well, I can't go too far outside the top ten. This guy's friggin' again, arguably, he's at least the third best flyweight in the world and again on any given night the number one flyweight in the world he's that good so i'm gonna i want to i want him to be immediately be in a relevant fight so i'm going like 
Corey Sanhagen win, lose, or draw against Marlon Vera. Okay, we know those two are fighting February 18th at the UFC Apex. If Marlon Vera wins, I mean, he should get a title shot. That's, that's I, He does not need to fight anyone else. Corey Sanhagen, I don't know if they'll be in a rush to give him a title shot again. Um, he's He's got that definitive loss to Aljo. He fought for the interim title. He did do them a solid, which is nice. I just think he does need to have do a little more work, more than more than Cheeto does. Uh, so I'm gonna, so I am gonna lean towards Sanhagen having to fight one more time, no matter what happens. And I think him and Figgy would be a really, really fun matchup. Again, listen, Cord pre- presents a lot of the same problems as Dominic, but younger. <laughs> uh, but that to me is that's why I want to see. It. I think it's a more competitive fight than the Figgy, uh, Figgy Cruz bout. Give me Figgy Sanhagen, uh, regardless of of how um, Sanhagen's next fight goes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a friends forever moment, but it, it, it could be. And someone, I pulled somebody's comment up because there are a bunch. This is like the most popular one uh, amongst the chat right now of matchmaking. But again, Figgy versus anybody in the top 15. Figgy versus some of the guys like in the top 20 to 25 are super fun and compelling fights. And we're seeing this Bantamweight division kind of get put together right now because we have Adrian Yanez versus Rob Font. We just found out Marab Dualishvili and Piotr Jan are going to fight. Cheeto Vera, Corey Sanhagen are going to fight. We found out uh, Chris Gutierrez is fighting. Who's he fight? Pedro Munoz. Jonathan Martinez has a big fight coming up against, I believe he's fighting Saeed Nurmagomedov. We got Umar out there who's just running through people. Uh, the, got, uh, there's a rumored fight right now between Ricky Simone and Song Yudong. So like now there's we're, we're putting this all together. But I, land, I landed on the loser of the Marlon Vera, Corey Sandhagen fight. Whoever loses that fight, Chuck Figgy in there. I want to see the answer to any of these questions should be Marlon Vera. Like Marlon Vera should be like when Henry Cejudo was going to come back, I've been saying from minute one, go fight Cheeto Vera. You beat Cheeto Vera. Then you can go fight for the belt. You'll not, you beat Cheeto Vera. You get no complaints from me. I'm just that high on that guy. And you prove something. If you can survive a fight and beat that man, especially at this stage in his career. So there's not a lot of ways to go wrong here, but I'll go with the loser of Sanhagen Vera. And I think it's time for him to move up, stop the crazy weight cut. I'm happy to, to see that he's doing that. And I'm excited to see what he, what he looks like at 135 and, and, and some of the potential matchups that he could have. It's going to be wild. So, yeah. Happy to wait. Just, just keeps getting better. Like, it just <laughs> keeps getting better. Bantamweight is so ridiculous. We're adding Davison Figueredo to the Bantamweight division. <laughs> that's insane if, if you're I, I have to if, if if all joe keeps defending the title i have to bump him up to pound for pound because this is like this this is the most insane division i still think it's the best i, I know again lightweight will always be great and uh I, I i really feel like bantamweight has kind of passed it like it's how and, and and narrowly i mean it's any, any given night you could watch a, a card full of great lightweight fights a card full of great bantamweight fights a card stacked with both but bantamweight's definitely up there i mean if anyone who's still hanging on to like <laughs> Jed Mishu, uh, that lightweight is clearly the the best division in all of MMA. I'm like, bantamweight's right right up there, man. Absolutely. I feel like Gilbert Burns' performance with everything that happened last night, it kind of it's flying a little bit under the radar, I, and I don't know why because he just went out and he shut down Neil Magny. Neil just had nothing for Durinho, and maybe it's I think the result is kind of what we expected, but we just knowing Neil Magny and a lot of his fights, we thought this would be a little bit more competitive, but. Dorino went out, flawless victory. He doesn't get paid by the hour. And depending on what happens at UFC 286 right now, AK, 
Gilbert's knocking on the door of a, of a second title fight. He calls out Colby Covington. Again, I get it. I just feel like calling out Colby at this point, if you're anybody, unless you're Hamza Chimaev, makes very little sense to me. Because I, I think there were better options here. I think the Mazadal rub is in play. They've been building this up for months. Trash talk, interviews, back and forth. We still have Edwards Usman to come. Like, things need to sort of play itself out. And I feel like the Mazadal rub was in play, and that's there. And I think it's a fight Mazadal would take. I thought Bilal Muhammad was a great call-out as well, considering how the media day went and what Gilbert had been saying building up to the fight. So I thought Bilal would have been a great call as well. And to spoil my pick, Burns versus Muhammad is my pick. That is what I'm going with at this stage. But wh- what did you think of the call out? And, and if you liked him shooting the shot for Colby Covington, like what did you think of that? And, and if you did like it, is that where you're going with here? Yeah, I, I love it. It's just, it's straight into the point. I, it, it, does it greatly increase his chance of getting that fight? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Colby does seem like he's at that point where he can pick his opponents when he wants to. I think he's he's made a good amount of money in the UFC uh, with whatever you know advertising deals he has. He's he's he's, he's I think he's made money. I think um, uh, you know I've often criticized him, his 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 persona, the persona he chose to take on. But um, whether it's because of that or just because he's a damn good fighter who you know has has had put together a winning streak and beaten really big names he has kept himself relevant and and, and i assume kept himself uh, pretty well compensated so I, I he just doesn't need to take fights with guys like gilbert burns he doesn't have to i am picking that fight totally a magic wand pick uh i it is not what i expect to be next um this is just if i if i was the matchmakers if i could somehow you know if i could if i could pay colby Covington enough to fight anyone i right now gilbert burns would be the choice uh, I, I just don't know if that's the way to go. But yeah, no no issue with the call-out. I, I rarely have issue with call-outs that are, you know, extravagant or over-the-top. Um, unless it's like something completely crazy, like if some guy made his debut and is like, and is like, oh, I want to, like, I want to fight, uh, you know, so, or say someone's like, I want to fight Valentina Shevchenko after one fight. Then I might be like, why are you doing this? But uh, for, for Burns to sort of be aware that he's not, I, I, it wouldn't be crazy if he got a title fight. But I think he's sort of reading the tea leaves and just seeing like, okay, maybe I'm not next. These guys got to take care of their business first. Let's get a fight that is arguably as big a money fight as you can get outside of a title fight with Colby Covington. So good call out. Is he going to get it? I doubt it. I would make it happen if I could. Yeah, I I, I, I don't dislike the call. out. I just don't think it's going to happen. That that That's my issue. Like. Gilbert is in a better, to, to, to put it in perspective, I think Gilbert was in a better spot to call a Colby than Bilal has, has been, if that makes sense. But we'll see what happens. We just don't know what's happening with Colby at this point. So I feel like calling him out is just kind of nonsensical at this point because we don't know like when and if he's even going to fight at this point. Like He hasn't really said or done anything since the alleged incident in Miami Beach with him and Mazadal. Like It's been almost a year since you've heard from him at all. Very so we don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, very, very uncharacteristic. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen here. But to me, I just feel Burns versus Bilal, it's like right there. True number one contender fight. And if Leon Edwards ends up beating Kamara Usman again, like the, it's clear. Winner of that fight gets the title shot. We're good to go. Uh, one thing, we, we didn't really learn this last night, AK, but it just continued to reign true. Just gone Andrade is a freaking monster. 
She just showed it again last night. She just trucked Lauren Murphy and the leg kicks early. It was just so painful to watch because I don't think anybody saw that coming. Her just tree trunking Lauren Murphy over and over again with leg kicks. And Lauren, to her credit, this ended up being to her detriment, but I actually thought this is what made this fight so interesting. Lauren's just so damn tough and durable. And at this point, she was too damn tough for her own good. And her corner should have stopped this fight for the third round. I, I, I'm sorry. I know it's her husband, and I know she's been around these guys for, for a while, and she trusts them, and she listens to them at the end of the day. And you want to go out there and go on your shield? I get that as a fighter. But this was a one-sided, vicious beatdown. This was 10-8 across the board. It was just bad. It was tough to watch, and I was just hoping somebody would step in and stop this fight. Didn't happen. That's neither here nor there. Let's give Andrade her flowers for this performance. Major player at 125, major player at 115. This fight was at flyweight. She keeps saying, I'm going to go to strawweight, and then she ends up booking a fight at flyweight. So we don't know what the hell she's going to do. Lots of options in both divisions. Where are we going with this, AK? Should we ban her? Should we ban just Andrade? Should we give her the Kevin, the Kevin Holland ban hammer? For, uh, for jumping, it, it, it's harder for her because, uh, you know, there was a lot of benefit to banning uh, Kevin Holland from the show because he wasn't like in the title picture. And, and like, so it was even one, he was willing to fight anybody. Uh, I was Jessica Andrade's too, but it was a wider range where Kevin Holland was when he was doing this. And he beat Jacare, but he was still like, I don't know, could fight anyone in, like the top 20. Uh, and then he kept jumping between divisions and we're like, it's so unpredictable. We're just, we're just banning him until he stops taking short notice fights every like two seconds. Um, so I don't think Jessica Andrade is quite in that territory yet. I do think there are some obvious matchups, but yeah, it, it is a bit difficult to figure out. Is it going to be 125? Is it going to be 115? She's a top five fighter in both divisions. Uh, top three, maybe she's so friggin' good. Uh, I I'm going to stick with flyweight just because that's normally what I do. If, unless it's like something weird where a fighter jumped up for a one-time thing and clearly they're returning to their division, then I'm going to continue booking in the division they just fought in. This is the, this is the situation we, uh, we don't have with Andrade where she goes to flyweight, she goes to strawweight, she's winning fights in both, uh, beating contenders in both. So uh, with beating contenders in mind, this sucks because this woman, uh, the last time she fought in one, I had sort of said, just throw her in there with Valentina. But as we know, Valentina is going is uh, like is going to fight Alexa Grasso next with a, a date still to be finalized. But she does have her next hell defense, so Valentina now is is off the board for the foreseeable future, which means uh, Manon Ferro, I think, has to fight again before getting a shot at at uh, at Shevchenko. Ferro's a great fighter. She, I don't think she has the kind of pull to just sit and wait for the winner of Grasso Shevchenko and get that title fight. She has to stay busy. Could she fight someone lower ranked? Yes, that's certainly a possibility. But I think people would want to see. She has sort of said herself that she wasn't sure if she's like ready to fight for the title. You know, she did. She 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 wants to. Everyone at one twenty five wants to. Once you hit that top ten, but she didn't like make this all in all call out like yes, I am next for Valentina. Like this has to happen. There's just that little bit of doubt there, and I think because of that, people would like to see her fight again and fight a top name. If she beats Jessica Andrade. No doubt, number one contender. Then you beat Jessica Andrade. Then you can sit out for six months, seven months, eight months, nine months until Valentina's ready. You deserve a title shot no matter what. Nothing else you have to do. As it is, she still has work to do. Jessica Andrade, I think, needs an opponent at 125, assuming she doesn't go back down immediately. And I, uh, I, and Manon Firo, she's, uh, she's drawing that straw, unfortunately. I just I have to pull this, this up because I looked at it last night and I totally forgot about it. Um, what am I doing here? 
Is there a rumored, uh, is there a rumored fear about that I'm not aware of? No, there isn't. Uh, I'll figure this out in a second. But Aaron Bronsetter tweeted this out 12 hours ago, AK. I don't know if you saw this or not, but... Lauren Murphy officially absorbed 161 significant head strikes in her loss to Jessica Andrade. Now, to put this in perspective, AK, to put this all in perspective, that's what I'm looking for. Do you remember? It was, it was, it was a fight. It was kind of a compelling one. Might be one of the greatest fights of all time. Zhang Wei Li fought Yuani on Jacek for the first time. Do you remember that fight? Mm-hmm. To put this in perspective, Vague, vaguely, those, yeah. the, those two women absorbed a combined... 192 significant head strikes over five rounds. So Lauren Murphy in this loss to Jessica Andrade absorbed just 31 less strikes in over three rounds than Zhang Wei Li and Joanna and Jacek absorbed combined over five rounds after that first fight. That is insane. That is insane. That is an insane stat. That's even higher than the live stats. I tweeted, I was like, I was like, 148. The live stats, unofficial stats on screen, they throw up 148 head strikes. So to know that it was even more, which I believe, by the way, I, I, I 148 seemed low. <laughs> so to to know now that it actually cracked the 160 mark is just scary. And Lauren Murphy, super super tough. We cannot laud her toughest enough. We do it all the time. Anytime she has a fight booked, anytime we're predicting how the fight's going to go, toughness is probably like the first thing that comes up when talking about Lauren Murphy. Not to take away from how much she's improved in other areas, but she's always had that toughness. And at 125, it's just been an absolute tank. Um, and I was someone who, Mike, you had said she'd probably be able to, you know, drag this one to the later rounds. And I think you thought she'd do a little bit better. I thought she was going to get knocked out. The way the, and the early the way the fight was going, I thought I was for sure correct. So, credit to her for being tough, but big finger of shame to her corner for not. It didn't. I don't know if they weren't considering it, but just based on what we saw in the broadcast, did not seem to be something that came to their minds to even stop the fight. And we say this all the time. Of course, fighters don't want it stopped. I'm sure if they if they had even asked her straight up, she would have said hell no. I'm going back in there. Just let me give me another, give me that last five minutes. Just let me fight my fight. Let me have my shot. But it's the corners, you know, it's the corners' job to know better to protect their fighters. And I, and by the way, I almost give no, I go very little blame to referee Osiris Maya, who, to put it nicely, is not one of the best referees in the world. Um, there's a reason he kind of only does the Brazil events. But I don't blame him because based on what he's seeing, he's seeing Lauren Hill's, <clears throat> Lauren Hill. I love that. So I love Lauren Hill. Anyway, Lauren Murphy. Uh, Lauren Murphy is is there. She's in the pocket. She's getting battered. Yes, she's not getting knocked down. She's not turtling up. She is throwing back. All of us watching can see it's you know she's getting straight up you know smoked. She's, it's not effective. But if you're the referee, if he had stopped it, no complaints. Uh, I think everyone would have been completely fine with it. Uh, but I I really don't blame him because in my mind she was doing the bare minimum enough to stay in the fight. It's her corner who has to, I think, go above and beyond and say, well, regardless of, of how she looks in there, we, we know our fighter. We should know she's probably not coming back from this. She's not going to land a Hail Mary shot. She has no history of it. That's just not how Lauren Murphy wins fights. And, and we, should, we should put a stop to this. So I understand people being mad at the referee, Condison, like a, a whatever, Herb Dean, Yves Levine, uh, Steve Mazzagatti, you know, Yamasaki situation, whatever. But I, I think in this case, Osiris Maya did okay. Um, he could have stopped it, but him not stopping it isn't like the worst thing. This this was on the corner. The, the, the corner has got to do something there. Yeah, I would say Andrade's performance was too good to be true. 
I couldn't take my eyes off of you. It was it was just an incredible performance. And <laughs> nice. just just, to, just look at the stats. Andrade, 61 of 107 significant strikes in round one, 75 of 121 in round two, 95 of 141 in round three, AK. That's just wild. I mean, just statistically a shocker. But this is this is what we're doing here. And I thought about this, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then Drake was on the watch party, and he just threw out all the different like puzzle pieces that this could go and it was it seemed like all scrambled but when he was done talking i was like there's only one fight to make and this makes all the sense in the world and it can have impact on both divisions if need be they could certainly do zhang wei lee versus jessica andrade for the strawway title they could do zhang wei lee versus rose namajunas for the strawway title they could do zhang wei lee versus amanda lemos for the strawway title if I'm the matchmaker right now, I'm doing the latter. I'm doing John Whaley versus Amanda Lemos. Let's get a fresh face in there at 115. And in the meantime, whether they do it at 115 or they do it at 125, let's just do Andrade versus Nami Yunus 3. Let's close this chapter. If Andrade wins, she can go fight John Lee. If Rose wins, she can go fight John Lee. Or... If this fight happens at 125 and Rose, who's been teasing a move to 125, beats Jessica Andrade at 125, she can fight Zhang or fight Valentina Shevchenko. Because you know if Rose Namajunas goes up to 125 and wins one fight, she's dead. She's jumping everybody else and getting a title shot. So for better, for worse, whether you agree with me or not, 115, 125 doesn't matter. Andrade, Namajunas, three. Title implications, that's the fight to make. I'm with you. That's what should happen. I still think Namajunas is going to stroll back into a uh, a Zhang trilogy bout. It's very possible. The UFC just loves giving her title shots and mm -hmm. stories there, 100%. So main card opened up. Johnny Walker did kind of Johnny Walker things. He, I don't know. I, we were talking about this on the post-fight show. Was this Johnny Walker being fun Johnny Walker again, or was this Johnny Walker getting the benefit of fighting Paul Craig, who's just kind of a wild man? I think it's more of the latter, but still, it's nice to see johnny go out there get a big finish and have a moment in brazil so what do we do with, with johnny walker right now is he back is fun johnny walker officially back or do you still have questions i think this is a johnny walker we haven't seen before i think i think um listen we were very critical of the move to spg and what that did to his once lovely free-flowing fighting style but maybe he just needed time to find the balance you know you change teams and you, you lose your form you know you, you have to do this new thing and and theoretically it was supposed to help him win fights. It it didn't do great in that regard for a while. Um, he he has beaten two back to back wildmen now. Uh, Yuan Kutalaba and Paul Craig. I would not call them the most defensively responsible fighters. So you know, uh, beating them doesn't make him like a, a a superstar again or anything. But it does restore some confidence that he can be that finisher that had us so excited about him at light heavyweight. Uh, you know, when he when he started with the UFC and had people talking about him as a challenger to John Jones, Google it, people Google Johnny Walker, John Jones. This was a thing at the time. Would, would he would he be able to, you know, fight his way to to uh, to bones and, and maybe uh, even be a guy to, to spoil the run? Um, he was a very compelling challenger and he could be again. He could be again. He still has a lot more work to do. Uh, I like him to fight. Where's my thoughts on this? If I had a magic wand, Mike, I would say Rockich. I'd say, uh, you know, Rockich heals up. I, you know, you know, he wants to come back in 2023 and make a statement. Him and Johnny Walker, great fight. But it was last May that Rockich got injured. I don't know if he's going to be on the shelf a whole year. 
if that is the case, best case scenario, that's another four month wait for Johnny Walker. And like we said, Johnny Walker's building a lot of steam. He probably wants to stay busy. I don't know if you would want to wait for Rockets. Plus, it's a tough matchup. Why wait for someone that's very likely going to, going to beat your ass? So, uh, I, I lean towards Anthony Smith. I like. I actually kind of like everything you said at the top, Mike, about you know Anthony Smith, just you know being in the championship picture. He was literally one banana peel away from fighting for the title on Saturday night, right? So it's not crazy that he's that he could be in a title fight in 2023. But I don't know if he gets to just turn that reserve spot into an automatic uh, t- uh, like title shot. So I think he has work to do. I, he matches up really well with Johnny Walker. I think that's like a pick em. I think that a really, really good fight for both guys. And whoever wins that one, then you're really talking about them. Anthony Smith, again, could maybe get a title fight based on his history. Walker beats Anthony Smith. He's maybe one away from getting back to uh, to to an getting that should be back to getting to an actual title shot, which had been, you know, we talked about, but he's never really come close to. Maybe it actually happens for him. And uh, he can he can he continue his destiny trying to be the next uh, the Brazilian Brandon Vera because I don't remember him talking about like wanting to be heavyweight champion before, but I'm I'm thinking about now like his arc is so Brandon Vera like right now with the exciting finishes early on, faltering against some some more notable names, coming back with some big wins, and then always talking and now fight talking about becoming a two division champion light heavyweight heavyweight. So uh, new age Brandon Vera, I salute you and uh, whatever's next, whether it's Anthony Smith or someone else. I'm I'm actually looking forward to Johnny Walker fights again, Mike. It's weird to think about, and you like you don't get a lot of second chances in this life, AK, because they. I think in hindsight, if the UFC could do it all over again with Johnny Walker, they would have not booked him with Corey Anderson because that was just horrible matchmaking, especially so early in his career. It was just it, and it kind it just crushed any momentum he had, and then he had to go back to the drawing board, suffered other losses, and then even like some of his wins on the comeback trail were just not fun and compelling. They were just not Johnny Walker-esque. Last two fights, we're seeing signs of fun Johnny Walker. He's kind of getting some of that mojo back. I understand the Rakich suggestion. I understand the Anthony Smith suggestion. But again, we have a second chance here. I think we need to feed Johnny Walker like fun-style fights like competitive fights, fights he will grow from, but fun, but fights that will keep him going in this entertaining trajectory that we all fell in love with him for. And he may not like this, and some of the people may not like this, but this is what I'm going with. Johnny Walker versus the winner of the April 15th matchup between Dustin Jacoby and Azamat Mirzakhanov. Hmm. Because they're just going to get in there and they're going to chuck him with Johnny. Like, they're, there's... They ain't going to be a, a lot of scrambles. Not going to be a ton of – they're just going to go in there and just chuck fire at this guy. And if Johnny Walk – and Johnny Walk will chuck him right back. And it's just going to be fun. So I'm going to go with that. It's just, he's just kind of in a tough spot right now because his division is – like we're, we're, we're like eight good months away from this division, like evening out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I like that fight. I, I just – good win for Johnny. He's He's – He's he's building back up, but I don't want to throw him. I like I would pick Anthony Smith to be Johnny Walker. I would pick Rackage to be Johnny Walker, like pretty confidently. Just the way they fight stylistically, they're they're smart fighters. I feel like Johnny could could finish them both, but I feel like you could put a game plan together and beat Johnny Walker and frustrate him. But let's just keep building his confidence back up because they have something with him. He's got star potential. Let's just keep building the highlight reel. Let's get him in there in fun, exciting fights. Jacoby Mersakanov, both those guys, craziness. 
absolute craziness. So, can you believe uh, yeah. he hit the worm again? Can you believe he's back and doing the worm? What do you that think was when you sensational. Saw that? <laughs> Are we? Should he not? Like, you know what? You know he's incorrigible. He's incorrigible. The man wants to worm. Yeah. Hey, listen. I will take. I'd rather if he wants to worm. Great. It's better than him like doing backflips off of cages and doing anything yeah. he could really hurt himself. I, I, I'm okay with that. Let's go to the wild card round, okay? Because there's a lot to choose from. We're gonna pick one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we will make a fun fight for them now. I have a feeling we're both gonna pick the same guy, but maybe I'm wrong. And I have a feeling you're gonna hate my pick, AK. Like just trash it. But that's okay. And then after this, get your picks ready. And we're just gonna go rapid fire, wild card. Your your matchmaking suggestions across the board for the next 10, 15 minutes we'll react to them. So AK, what's your wild card selection? Uh, I want to. We didn't talk about this, but we both banned uh, Ior Porto, Porteria, right? He was banned. Right? We, we, that was un, we unofficially banned one for for beating the legend, just so badly beating the uh. legend Shogun, and then his post fight antics. Th- this was. I, I'm surprised this wasn't trending. Hashtag read the room, Eor, because what are you doing? You're in. You're in Rio. You just you beat one of the most beloved fighters in MMA history. You're doing this very confusing dance, which made it look. Which he later explained. He, if anyone didn't see, he did like I guess a, a, a sort of an ole uh, point the gun at. He said he didn't point the gun at Shogun, but I thought he did. Did he not point an air air gun at Shogun and go like like, like pop off at him? No, he pointed and then he he, he pointed oh, it at him and then he put it up in the air. Uh, then then shot. See, very confusing. Very. It looked like he was shooting a shot. His nickname is apparently the Duelist, so he was saying like, "Oh, it's like when you, you know, you you piss pistols at dawn, you know, it's like a duel." So I wasn't shooting at him; I was shooting in the air, almost as a sign of respect, like we had a duel. And I'm like, "That's not. That's too subtle. That's not coming across on live television, my man. You've got to know what's going on." He he tries to do this like, "I'm the I'm next. I'm coming." Thing right after, and it's like, "Buddy, keep your speech short. Be humble. Give the mic to Shogun and get out of there." Uh, if Ahor Porteria becomes the next big thing at 205 over the next year, I apologize then because maybe this was the this promo was the beginning of something huge, but just so poorly timed and not that well executed. Uh, Tiago Moises, Mike, uh, I, I just have one pick for him, not Patty Pimblett. That's a, that's a, I, oh, I have God, an official. Yeah. I, I have someone to get to, but I did want to touch on Moises. He called out Patty Pimblett. Great call out. You're not getting that fight because everyone knows you would t- kill him. And if you're the UFC, don't be dumb. Don't even think about making that matchup. There's ways to build up Patty Pimblett. Throwing him in there with Tiago Moises, not it. Uh, so, Mike, I settled on Jelton Almeida. Will be in my top 10 at heavyweight when the new, when the new rankings come out. So I got to give him someone in the top 10. And the guy who's I, I have him right behind, Alexander Volkov. Let's make it happen. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, I do feel – I want to go back to Patty real quick because anytime that name comes up, we spend 45 minutes on him. You do it. Do it. But I'll start at him. This is a question I've gotten a million times. Do you feel like Terrence McKinney versus Patty Pimblett? Do you feel like – and we're a little while away because Patty's you know, dealing with some injuries and stuff. Do you feel like we are closer to that fight now than we were two days ago? Because I feel like if Terrence won, they probably wouldn't have given him that fight. Uh, but the way that that fight played out and the brutal knockout that he suffered, do you feel like the chances of them booking McKinney versus Pimblett are better now than they were earlier this week? Uh, I, I bet are they better? I would say maybe this. Uh, my first instinct was the same. I did see I did see people putting out that sentiment. 
I just don't know if it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the optics aren't great, I guess, because we know Terrence McKinney is dangerous, and now he doesn't even have like the luster of you know should should Patty beat him, then suddenly it's people are gonna go like, oh, this guy lost two of his last three fights. Like, so people who hate Patty are gonna crap on the win anyway, even though we know Terrence McKinney's a good fighter. I mean, he lost to Ismail Bonfim, who the Bonfim brothers might be contenders in two divisions. We don't know. I know it's early to say, but they both they both look good before the UFC and had UFC debuts to that you can only dream of. So I do think he's lost a little bit of his luster. So I'll lean towards it's not more likely. I don't think it really hurt the chances that much, but I don't think they wanted to make McKinney and Pimblet happen anyway. Um, so it was. I don't think the chances were great going in, and they're just they're slightly. I think they're slightly worse after after Saturday. Fair enough. I am also going with Jelton Almeida. I'm so sorry, AK. I'm so sorry. I need to see this man against a hammer. I need to see him against somebody who is going to bring the fight to him, who is going to try to knock his head into the fourth row, and somebody who will get over big if he beats him, and somebody that will help get Jason Almeida over if he beats this person. And this, he is going to be a plus 2,000 underdog in this fight, but I have to do it. AK, I apologize, but my wild card selection is Jason Almeida versus Tai Tuivasa. I gotta see. I gotta see what Jelton Almeida does with somebody who's going to try to pulverize him. Yeah, yeah. I need, and, and I see it. And I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like ties the guy to to bring that out of him. Like if he's gonna face, if Jelton's gonna face any adversity in this build up to where he's going to go, I feel like Ty Tuivasa is going to give it to him. Like he's gonna, we're gonna get some questions now. Is there a chance that Jelton Almeida? We'll just run across the cage and tackle Tai Tuivasa and mount him and beat the hell out of him like he did last night. Sure, that is a strong possibility. But Tai is sneaky good with his grappling, and Tai's going to punch him in the face. And I want to see what happens when a guy like Tai Tuivasa punches a guy like Jason Almeida in the face. How will he react to that? I have questions. I still have questions. I'm not ready to anoint Jason Almeida the next heavyweight champion. We have to build him right, and I feel like, to me, as, as much as I feel bad about it, because I feel like Jelton will win and will probably finish Tai Tuivasa at some point, I do need to see what he's like when he is potentially the nail and not the hammer, because Ty's going to punch him in the face, and Ty's going to be a tough out. So, yeah, that's what I went with. I'm not – I feel a little icky about it, AK, but that's my pick. I I uh I don't hate it that much from like oh if he runs through Ty well I feel bad about it. Look and listen Ty is playing with house money at this point. He's gone farther in the heavyweight division than a lot of people thought. I always thought he could not I shouldn't say always. Once he started, you know, getting once he snapped that three fight losing streak and started getting back up there with some fun performances, I was like, "Oh, okay. Like it's not this is heavyweight. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Ty becomes a top 5 heavyweight and he got the right matchups. He beats Derek Lewis. He becomes a top 5 heavyweight." So, uh is that his ceiling? It's quite possibly, and there's no shame in that. You know, to, to, to become one of the top five fighters in division at any point is, is a great achievement, uh, and Ty has done that. So I, I don't hate it that much. It's certainly a way for Jelton. He beats him, then he takes the top five spot. Uh, my only my only question with your logic, Mike, is I don't know if Ty lands a punch on him. I think Ty is really good, 
I don't know. I, I agree. If he if he hits Almeida, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that tested. I could easily see this be a a uh, tie lands less than five, if not zero, significant strikes against Almeida and just gets bludgeoned on the ground. That's how high I am in Almeida. He was outweighed by thirty one pounds on weigh in day, and he picked. Shamil Abdurakimov up like a child and slammed him. It wasn't like a takedown. He dragged him down later, but the first takedown was a slam. And I'm like, this guy is... I thought Abdurakimov had a chance to make it to a decision, and his defense wasn't bad. But not only does uh, does uh, Almeida have this explosive power, man, he he just puts it on you. That pressure is ridiculous. So I, I, don't, I have no problem with the match at all. I'm like, I could see it being made uh i think i just went with someone coming off a win that might have been the only difference but uh we do have Tuivasa ranked higher than volkov so yeah if you're looking higher up the rankings uh, Tuivasa certainly reasonable to be fair jess almeida could literally do that to anybody in this division yes like, he could he could there's a very good there's a chance he could do that to every single person if we're, if we're basing matching up almeida on like well who, well oh we shouldn't match him up with this person because he's going to crush them really charlton almeida should never fight again because he's going to crush everyone i i i honestly it's 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 early in the year. Let me make an ass of myself now. Like you could put him in that gone John Jones title fight. Uh, like God, you know, cross your fingers, nothing happens to that fight. But if he was called up as a replacement, I would be one just as excited, and I would give him a real, real chance to beat either of those guys. I'm that all in. I'm that all in. Comments, light me up, roast me. Uh, I I'm so all in on the Jelton Almeida experience. Uh, yeah, he needs to fight better competition for sure. Uh, probably at least I'd like to see a couple of top, him go to a couple of top ten guys before he actually gets a, that world title shot. But hey, throw him in there anytime. I'm watching. I'm watching and I'm picking him. We need him active this year. We need him fighting a lot, three four times. We got to see this guy every quarter for sure. Let's build this. Let's build them up. Uh, so this is time. It's time we'll go rapid fire. Next ten minutes or so, we're just going to react to as many of these as we can. So I see a lot of Almeida picks. Let's start with this one. Kind of up in the air because you don't know what's going on with this guy, but. I got to tell you, the second I saw it, I was like, oh, man. I don't know if it happens now, but it's going to happen someday, and it's going to be electric. Almeida versus Tommy Aspinall. God, Almeida, man. Minus 250 Almeida. Probably right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind the Jarzinho fight either. No, that's very possible. Minus 450 Almeida. <laughs> He's... Yeah. What Come on, keep it going. Oh, let me let me just remind people. Send, send in the picture. I should, I should pin this. Yes, let's do that. I'm going to send all caps, multiple explanation points, people. I've seen people sending in their picks throughout the show. Now is the time when we will read them. Uh, what else we got? Uh, let's see. John Jones would exploit him. Walker. All right, just go ahead. Daniel Marcos. Oh, here we got a lot of them. Christian Quinones. Ismail Bonfim versus Mafavola. I like that fight. Bonfim versus Mafavola. Makes sense. Uh, Almeida versus Romanov. One of the tougher matchups for Almeida. I mean, there you go. That 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 that's one of the tougher matchups. I'll say. Almeida, Almeida minus, minus, minus five hundred. <laughs> uh, I'll go minus like three hundred. I think he's higher than that. Bonfim versus Orion Kosi. Neil Magny versus Kevin. Do you like Neil Magny versus Kevin Holland? Yeah, I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm trying to think if, if that would. Yeah, and Kevin Holland should want that fight too because we know we know Magny's weaknesses is is submission specialist. It's just a fact at this point. Uh, that's not what Holland is. So yeah, fun matchup. That's a co-main. That's a quality co-main. A lot of Magni picks. Magni versus Magni Muslim Salikov. versus Muslim Salikov. I got to check. Uh, by the way, I'm doing some quick doo-doo checks here, Mike. Uh, I just want to make sure. Again, it's. I know they're coming in fast and furious. I know we're doing a live show today. We're going with the YouTube viewers who you know, might not have the time to put, put in as much thought into the picks as they like. He is not yeah, booked. Yeah, 
oh yeah yeah people just please if 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 you if you make any weird mistakes like matching up teammates with one another or like put down a fighter who's already has a fight coming up or or, or if you get the wrong weight class we're gonna call doo live doo uh, on this show uh someone's saying magni versus masvidal uh masvidal is not i don't think so he's not getting out of bed for that one he's in this he's he's just being super picky with fights now it should happen it's just it's just not going to Another guy that deserves some flowers after his performance, and he he deserved a bonus last night. No disrespect to Jelton Almeida. We all are very high on this man, but he deserved a bonus over Jelton Almeida, in my opinion. Bruno Ferreira versus Mikel Olegzaychuk. I would have loved to have... I, I actually did not even know what the bonuses were until now. I knew the main event won the fight of the night. Uh, this should have... They should have given out multiple performance bonuses. Oh, 100%. I did, what, a shame, what a shame that they just settled on. Oh, let's just give the two performance bonuses. This is your return to Rio. And I know we've spoken about the crowd. Maybe it wasn't... Maybe the gate wasn't what they were hoping for. But you probably still made money hand over fist in this one UFC. Give these guys their, their extra 50 Gs if you're not going to, again, raise fighter pay and all that, which... Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. Ismail Bonfim versus Brad Riddell. Brad's taking some time off, so yeah, I, and and I don't know if he's come, if that's a tough one to come back to after we, we saw it happen. Ray, why do that? So yeah, why do that? The, the Brad Riddell says I want some time off, and you say let's throw him in there with a frigging stone cold killer in Ismail Bonfim. Uh, Figgy versus Song Yudong at one thirty five. So you you probably seen the reports. Uh, Ricky Simone versus Song Yudong, uh, April twenty second, perhaps. Uh, I'm told it's not completely done yet. That's what the UFC wants. Uh, we're told that I don't, we don't see a world where that probably where that doesn't happen. But it's not done yet. If that makes sense, it'll probably happen, but it's not done. Done. Uh, Ricky Simone versus Song Yudong. So just throwing that out there. Uh, what else do we got? What do we got, people? Keep them coming. What do you got? Selikoff is in booked. We know uh, Burns versus Cutman Tate. <laughs> what is that from? Well, well I, I said, what, what is there some sort of beef there? What's am I not aware of? Oh, they just like they mess around and oh, okay. they mess around with each other. It's 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 fun little relationship. Almeida versus the Sergey Spivak, Derek Lewis loser. I think Almeida is ahead of both of those guys right now. Like Almeida I think it's versus... a big step back for Almeida. Uh, let's just yeah. let's give this guy something in the top ten. That's strictly, if anything, you would give him the winner. You would give him Derek Lewis if Derek Lewis wins that fight. Again, 100%. Derek, Derek Lewis, unfortunately, is that guy who people, like Ser- Sergey Pavlovich, Taito Ivasa, you kind of knock out Derek Lewis and you get to jump into the top five or whatever top six it would be, however far, you know, Derek Lewis keeps getting knocked down the rankings. So um, I understand the logic behind it. I, I just, yeah, I, I think there's more more interesting matches. Figgy versus Umar. Figgy that's versus a, Umar. Oh that's my a tough. Goodness. That's a tough. That's hey, welcome to one thirty-five. Jeez, Uh Where do I have Umar? Umar is right now is just in just UFC, not counting uh, other promotions. My number eight. My number eight UFC bantamweight. So he's in that range that I do want to see Figgy fight, but boy, that is. I mean, I would I would favor Umar on that one. I think a lot of people would. Figgy versus, I believe this is probably Cody Cody Garbrandt. Cody's no. fighting Julio Arce. Yes, and but if, way, Co- if Cody no. wins, no. Uh, UFC would make it. So again, what if name, Cody, name, what if Cody name looks value? spectacular? Cody looks spectacular. Name value, you you know the UFC would be thinking about it. So not not a bad suggestion at all. It's kind of a back nine fight. Sure. Paul Craig versus Kennedy and Zuchukwu. Paul Ke- Craig versus Kennedy and Zuchukwu. Yeah, I mean he listen. Uh, Paul Craig, we've said, we say this, we keep saying wild man, wild card. It just feels like on any, he beat Magomed Ankalaev. He beat Jamal Hill. It feels like on his best night, 
even on his worst night, he can just like catch you with something. The guy is a finisher. And, and I don't know if that's conducive to him someday going on a run that leads to like a title fight. But man, it creates a lot of fun fights. So um, yeah, if, if he needs to take a little bit of a step back from the competition he's been facing, Enzuchuku is, is a good name. AK, there's there's one person on the planet oh, that wants to know what's going on with the Ultra Fighter. Shrayansh Mishra asking, what's going on with Tuff? Uh, well, I mean, the house is being used right now. By, or sorry, was being. I guess I assume it's filmed. I I, I, we, I know we don't want to talk about this. Is that is that show already filmed and they're just showing? Yeah. They're showing, okay. So we're, we're of course talking about Power Slap and, and it's being filmed in the Tough House. So I guess that's one more reason for me to hate Power Slap. It probably delayed our the next season of The Ultimate Fighters. So uh, no news on that front, guys. I, I don't know what the plan is. Again, uh, they, they keep wanting to find like the right coaches. I always say you should just get find two interesting coaches regardless of whether they're going to fight or not. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's not dead. It will never die. But I, as far as I know, I, I haven't heard about uh, uh, what's up with the next season yet. I'm going to pull up Alex McAdams' pick right now because yeah. I suggested this on the watch party what's last up, night. What's up, Alex McAdams? What's up? For Neil Magny. Uh, the J- Jack Della Maddalena, Randy Brown winner versus Neil Magny. Very good. great fight. That's great matchmaking. That you, you, You're friends for, forever with uh, Alex McAdams, at least for, the, for this. Well, maybe not friends forever. Friends right now. Uh, another Figgy versus Cruz. Gabriel Bonfim yeah, versus Michael Morales. Oh, golly, that's a fun fight. Gabriel Bonfim versus Michael Morales. Michael Morales. I don't know if Morales is booked or not, but golly, that's a fun fight down the road, is it not? Hold on. Michael Morales. Am I confusing him with someone else? Michael Morales. Okay, so who am I thinking of? I was thinking of a middle. Who am I thinking of? He's a welterweight. He is a welterweight. Mike, anyway, that's I, I good. Think Mike, I think Mike Mallett. Isn't he Mike a Mallett? Isn't he Mike Bellotta is a welterweight. Mike Bellotta is a welterweight. And Mike, okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting confused with someone I, I know, but anyway. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. that's uh, that is not bad at all. Michael Morales is a hell of a prospect, and I don't believe this early in their careers, uh, their UFC careers. I don't believe in necessarily protecting people unless you're like, you know, sure. Oh, this guy's going to be a you know a, a championship contender with three wins. I don't know. We these guys. Michael Morales is 23, so we still don't know what we have with some of these guys. Throw these, throw these young killers in there together, and uh, and let's see who emerges. I'm fine with that. Uh, Gabriel versus Jake Matthews. Some Gabriel Bonfim love coming in. How That's can there not, not be? How can there not be? Uh, Another Michael what, Morales. What a debut by two brothers eh, on the same card. You know, I, uh, mo- most siblings, including them, I think, say they would rather not fight on the same card as, as their sibling. Uh, I remember, I remember uh, uh, Angela and Christian Lee said the same thing. They're like, it's cool, but gosh, it's just so nerve wracking and. Um, but hey, when it goes like this, it's a night to remember forever, right? Cody Stamen got back in the win column versus Montel Jackson. I don't know if Cody's going to stick at Bantamweight because of what he said last night. He said that the weight cut's killing him. He wants to be able to enjoy being a fighter. Weight cut's just brutal. It it just kills him. Yeah. And then he goes in and has to fight. So he he thinks his future might be at 145, which, boy, he's going to be a small featherweight overall especially with like the length and the height and the reach because he's already like such a detriment with the reach and all of that anyways and all of his fights he was i think he had like a 10 inch reach disadvantage last night something crazy yeah you could see it yeah but he looked good he looked good but Uh, i mean stan montel jackson's a great fight if he wants to stay at 35 yeah i liked it yeah and he said he cut what 22 he said he arrived in brazil and suddenly cut 22 pounds during the week i know guys do crazy weight cuts all the time but it's always it it still hits me every time someone actually like it just flat out says yeah this is how much i cut like 22 pounds in 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 six days 
it's just insane. Uh, so if he can avoid that, that'd be great. Maybe he's one of those guys has has a second life just by moving up in division. Yeah, size wise, there's going to be some problems. He's not Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, not even just skill wise, but physically, people always forget Volkanovsky has weirdly long arms. Like I don't know, it, it doesn't like always come off on TV. But if you look at like Volkanovsky's reach, he had like a reach advantage over Max Holloway, which seems impossible, but he did in all in in all their fights. So Katie's Cody Stamen does not have that physical gift, but I, I you can only benefit from not cutting weight. So there's winnable fights up there. How far he can go, I don't know. But um, you know, if he's just trying to make some money for the next five six years of, of his his fighting career, maybe that's the easiest way to do it. Burns versus the loser of Edwards Usman three. I would love to see him fight Edwards someday and to fight Usman again someday. So, yeah, whatever has to make that happen. If it's not, you know, again, if it's not a title fight, fine. I'd love to see him and Usman again. And I would think most people, people tell me in the comments, would you favor Gilbert Burns over Leon? You know what? Mike, I'm throwing up a poll. I don't know. People on the people listening to this on, a, on podcast forum later. Uh, I will. I will let you. I'll, 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 I'll remember, try to remember to read out the results, but I'm, I'm throwing up a poll. Feature feature fight to look out for Shavkat versus Bonfim. Not he's saying he's he's laying it out. Not today, but not now. You don't get an auto point for that if it comes to fruition because we don't predict that far into the future. But something we can look out for. Uh, Greg Greg Rodriguez versus Joaquin Buckley, AK. Greg Greg Cop versus I'm sorry, is Greg Brazil Buckley, Joaquin Buckley. I like that fight. Yeah, listen, these guys are. In the the fun 185 uh, fun section, excuse me, the 185 pound division could could Gregor Rodriguez or Joaquin Buckley or some of the other guys just like you know eventually put together the three to three or four fight win streak and fall ass backwards in a title shot? Sure, if that happens, great gravy, happy for him. If it never happens, keep throwing him in there and have him, and just have him chuck hands and uh, giving us highlights. Yeah, I like that. Is Munoz fighting somebody already? Otherwise, Munoz is thinking. Uh, Munoz is fighting Chris Gutierrez. So maybe Figgy versus the winner of that would work. Dolby versus Barbarina. Sure. Uh, have they never been booked? I have them literally right next to each other in my rankings. Has that never been even booked? I don't think so, right? Yeah, I don't know. Seems so natural. Seems like such a logical two guys have been been around. I mean, Dolby's had some trouble getting in the in the cage, but um, yeah, yeah, make that happen. Make that 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 that's a good like crystal ball pick. That's like if that was booked some like next week, I'd be like. Yeah, <laughs> sounds right. No, Mazdal should not get a shot at Burns. Cut the BS out. I mean, you must be a newer fan, and I'm not saying that to like. I'm. I mean, just the way because this is the UFC. There is no deserves. There is no meritocracy. There is no. The rankings are just there for posters because none of this matters. None of this matters. Mazdal could. Mazdal. We're talking about Mazdal. If, if Kamar Usman had the hand injury, we know who the first phone call would have been for Leon Edwards. It would not have been Gilbert Burns. It would not have been Bilal Muhammad. It would not have been Hamza Shemaev. It would have been Jorge Mazadal, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you like it or not, it's about this. It's what it's about at the end of the day. Prize this isn't fighting. Bellator. This isn't PFL. This is the UFC. Mike, can, you grab J- can you grab Jay Blomstedt? Jay Blomstedt's comment here. I'll read it out while you while you look for it. Uh, how long until Alex P? Oh, sorry, no, there's another one. It's a later oh. one, uh, more recent. How long until Alex P moves up to 205? Can I pick him versus Jamal Hill next? Uh, it, obviously, won't, that won't be soon. But uh, hey, listen, if both guys manage to string together one or two title defenses, 
Alex B, go up there because I think he'd be favored against Jamal Hill, depending how Jamal Hill looks. If he if he does defend his title and, and beats a Prohachka, beats a Ankalaya, beats a you know Blachowicz, it's gonna change a lot of fuels. It's gonna really upgrade people's opinions of Jamal Hill. So, uh, so yeah, that, it could happen in the future. I think that actually be a cool fight, um, or, or even down the road if, if things change and Alex P is no longer the middleweight champion and Jamal Hill is no longer the light heavyweight champion. Maybe Alex P goes up and fights him anyway. It's just, it's a cool matchup and definitely one one you would talk about after after Hill's performance on Saturday. So I kind of like that. Give me Almeida versus Chris Dacus, man. Minus eight hundred, Almeida. More, higher. More? higher so, what was he uh oh because yeah because he was like he was like minus a thousand i think against was he against after came up according to topology, minus 1100 according to topology yeah, so that's a tough crap. one uh bruno ferrer versus kelvin gasolin AK. oh wow i'm i'm good with it i'm good with it i don't think he'll do it but if I they book it I, just I, had I like can, it can you pull that up again do you still have that handy can you pull that up again is it lost? Is the comment uh, lost? I just want to give, give him credit, show some love to who came up with that. Because that's got Jay Jay Blomstead. Jay Blomstead again with another killer. Yeah, it's yeah, Jay, Cal- there it is. Calvin, sweet Calvin cannot pick opponents, and he knows that at this point. He just he needs to get in there and fight someone. So it doesn't matter. Is it a guy in his first UFC fight, second UFC fight, fourteenth UFC fight? Calvin Gaslam, if he's still serious about competing and you know ha- being a notable name in that middleweight, he has to fight someone. Um, and it'd be great actually to go against a guy who uh, looked very impressive, but is relatively inexperienced. So I like it. That's good thinking. That's good thinking. I usually don't go for those like you know super veteran guys versus guys who won first, second, third fight, but it's middleweight. Middleweight's just funky, man. This is an interesting one from. Ashutosh Bajpai. Uh, this could be a thing. This could be a thing, especially with how last night played out. Of course, we have to see how things shape out March 4th, but I think we're all fairly confident that it will go the way that everyone believes it will. So here we go. Greg Cop Rodriguez versus Bo Nickel. Ooh. Bo Nickel is scheduled to fight Jamie Pickett yep. March 4th at UFC 285. Should Bo Nickel do what many are predicting he will do? Do we just throw him right in there with Gregor Rodriguez? I love it. For me, it's you you fast track Bo Nickel as much as you can. Hope yeah. uh, you know, best case scenario for him and the UFC, you know, wanting to push him is he just runs through Jamie Pickett. He's gonna be have have there been any odds for that fight? There has to be. I'm just gonna take a quick glance. Uh someone must have posted some odds. Uh, just, just going off of a uh, quick Google search. Okay. I see it. The first thing I see is minus 1800. That's almost, I mean, I guess that's where you have to set it, uh, or, or uh, whatever, um, pick it is, uh, pl- uh, I don't know what he is. Probably plus in similar range, like 11 plus oh, 1100. That's where you have to set it to give people even a chance of betting on, uh, Jamie Pickett. And I don't even know if I would take that. That's how big people are on, on Bo Nickel. And again, if you've seen his MMA performances and of course, uh, he had a little wrestling career before that you might have heard of. He just really looks like the real deal. And and sure, you could say, well, let's get him five, six, seven, eight MMA fights before we talk about it. But if he's ready to go now, he's ready to go now. You cannot discount that elite of the elite level wrestling experience he's had. That is combat sports experience. It's not MMA. That is combat. But that is combat sports experience. And he's got it. So Grigor Rodriguez, totally in the cards, I think. He'd be massively favored, depending how the picket fight wins could goes, could be even higher than he was against Pickett. That's how 
like elite a prospect Bo Nickel is. I'm into it as a fan of uh, Greg Cop. Maybe not. I'm not. Maybe I'm not so much into it. But if we're just talking about you know what's good for the business. Could be could be the one. Yes. Um, just just to put into context how people are viewing Bo Nickel right now. Future line on Bo Nickel versus Hamza Shemaev. Hamza Shemaev is only a minus three hundred favorite against Bo Nickel, which is wild. That's crazy. Wild to think about. John Ray, I like this one. I actually think this makes a ton of sense. Paul Craig versus Dominic Reyes. He says we won't have to worry about Reyes getting KO'd. Uh, you might still have to worry. <laughs> I mean, if, if if we're gonna trot if we're gonna trot Reyes back out there, I kind of feel like that's the only fight we can do. Yeah. Very, oh, it's a very good match. It's a very good match. Yeah. It's 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 if if he gets it's if by some chance he gets caught by like a Paul Craig haymaker and gets knocked out by Paul Craig, then you really know it's over. If he gets submitted by Paul Craig whatever so a lot of great fighters get submitted by paul craig no shame in that you know dominic reyes reyes can still get back in the lab maybe think about continue fighting if he gets knocked out on the feet by dominic reyes forget that blanchfield are we, versus murphy are we calling this up, up for doo-doo purposes i'm calling this up for doo-doo purposes mike i think we are uh blanchfield is fighting tyler santos come on andre in, Fe- in february come on andre maybe he's just maybe he's predicting the future i don't know yeah, or maybe it's a win or lose. Win or lose, Blanchard, but still. No, you got to clarify. People, you got to let us know yeah. that you know. If you're going to pick a fighter as a fight book, you got to let us know that you know that, that they got to fight. Bobby Green versus Izzy Bonfim. Bobby Green is also booked. Bobby Green is fighting. Oh, uh, This is new, newish. Jared Gordon. I don't care. Jared These Gordon. People should know. Oh, we're in the doo-doo portion of uh, the show, I see. Okay, great, great. This is kind of interesting. Lauren Murphy versus yes. Molly McCann. Luke Palmer. I like that one. Luke Palmer, thank you. Now, now you are, now you are, you are getting, you've got us back on track. Murphy versus Molly McCann, great matchup. Uh, yeah, listen, we talk, we always talk about Lauren Murphy's toughness. We do the same thing with Molly McCann. We talk about her toughness. So, something's got to give, or at the very least, you're getting a, a three round, a three round brawl. So that's fun. Buckley says moving out of welterweight. I would, oh, I this know is that. true. This is true. No, that's right. I heard it. He said it on, I think, on an IG live. Uh, I don't know if he's done, if he like put that. Uh, that post up and uh, sorry made that into a formal instagram post i should have checked that um until he moves down i still think it's fair to match him up with middleweights but yeah welterweight is sort of where he should have been uh yeah there's no replay of it he did mention it on an ig live that's what someone said but uh until he moves down where he should be at 170 i'm okay with people calling out uh middleweight fights that's not due to bon veen versus kuta Delatte. man that's a big step up but it's a it's a fight i would want to see like bon veen, i think bon veen is a real deal and I'm very high on Kutata Latte. So, Josie yep. Nunes versus Jermaine Durandamy. Oh. Uh, Listen, Josie, if, if I've got <laughs> Josie, in my, in my, uh, believe it or not, I, like, I keep women's featherweight rankings. Does that, you're the, <laughs> does that disturb listen. you? Here's, listen, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the fans a treat. My rankings are normally a secret. I'm going to do a favor, Mike. I'm going to read out my entire women's featherweight rankings. That's right. I'm reading out the whole list. Right here, it's a worldwide exclusive. All right, I'll Number, give you, I'll give you the forty-five seconds right. to do it. Number eight, Danielle Wolf. <laughs> and by the way, Leah Letson was in there, and she just retired apparently. So that it was, this used yes. to be a list of nine people. This list had nine people once. Number eight, Danielle Wolf. Number seven, just lost Zara Farron. Number six, Eileen Perez. These three fighters, by the way, have no UFC wins combined. <laughs> Number five, Chelsea Chandler, probably dropping the bantamweight. Number four, Jos- uh, Jocelyn Edwards, who has fought at Bantam. I think she's recently fought at 145. Number three, number three, top, the top three women's featherweights in the world. Norma Dumont, 
number two, Josie and Nunez, and number one, of course, the champion, Amanda Nunez. So we're this close to Nunez on Nunez. We're this close, Mike. We go by my rankings. That fight should happen tomorrow. Unbelievable. Um, T-Rex versus Dakar Close. Bonfim versus Tony Ferguson, okay. No. No, Luke Palmer, now you've lost. We were getting Luke Palmer, we were getting along so well. Why would you do I I I talk about experience all the time, but I just think like man, bon, these Bonfim brothers are friggin' dangerous, and I don't want to see Tony get in there and get smashed by one of them. It's just that's not fun. That's not a good time. Nunez versus Duke. Who's who's Norma Dumont fighting? She just got booked, didn't she? Oh, yes, she did. Don't tell uh uh Carol Hosa. There you go. There you go. Yep, John Ray just put it up. Uh, Nunez versus the Dumont Hosa oh, winner. Sure. Whatever. AK's list, uh, list sounds might as well be a made-for-TV Hallmark <laughs> lead actress list, and I'm pretty. <laughs> Jay Blomstedt, very funny. very true, very funny. He's killing it. Listen, people in the comments, they don't even know if half those names I said are real. Like I could have honestly made up half those names, and people wouldn't know. People would. That's know. pretty funny. Uh, Romana versus Abdurrahimov. Romanov I actually, for, I actually yeah, I mean, like that fight for for Romanov because if he doesn't, if he doesn't get Shamil out in the first round, how will he respond? Because we just saw him marching in the marching Taborva. Like Romanov is going to ten eight pretty much everybody he fights in the first round. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are. Maybe not Jelton Almeida and some of the upper tier guys, but most of the guys that realistically he could fight, he's going to ten eight his opponent in the first. But if he can't get him out of there. He just he fades. He just completely fades. Should uh should have Durakimov not just retire at this point. I know that's a mean thing to say. I get it's it's a rude thing to say. Should he should he not just retire? He hasn't won a fight since 2019. He's been fighting good guys. It's not like he's getting washed by you know non unranked people. But it's tough. He's he's uh he just turned 41. I don't know. But it's also heavyweight. If you turn 41 at heavyweight, you could probably compete for another like seven years. All right, we'll take a couple more. Magni versus Tony Ferguson. Uh, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. We've been talking about F- Tony making a formal move to 170, like an actual move to 170 for a long time. We used to we were, used to throw out Mike when we were first doing the show, like Ferguson Woodley. We we're like, oh, that's a fun fight. Uh, so Ferguson Magny, that's not bad. I don't mind that. Uh, Mike, let me read the results of the poll real quick. Uh, we uh, Mike, we polled a hundred uh, people, uh, and the survey says. Uh, who would win? Uh, who would you favor, Leon Edwards versus Gilbert Burns matchup? Leon Edwards, fifty-six percent. So I may have been overstating. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm like obviously a lot of recency bias. I just saw Burns run through a guy, so now I'm going like, oh well, Burns is what would beat him. But I do, I do think that the, the, our our viewers are right on YouTube. I think that uh, when the when if this fight got made, Leon's like minus one seventy, minus one eighty. I do think he would be favored. Uh, take him do the stream for Burger King. No, I'm in the hotel lobby. I'm in New York. I'm supposed to fly home today. So I have to give you something. I got to do it from somewhere. And it's either this or out in the street. And it's too cold outside. Uh, Dolby versus Jeremiah Wells. Interesting. Von Fiem versus Fakratinov. Sure. How soon is AK doing Almeida versus Pavlovich? That's one crazy five minutes. I mean, it's going to happen probably. But these guys are these guys both have – I don't know if it's going to happen for a title. They both have a lot of fights ahead of them. The only thing that's going to stop it is if Almeida <clears throat> does kind of run through the heavyweight division, does not get matched up with Pavlovich along the way, and then just drops back down to 205. That's really the only situation. But otherwise, if he stays at heavyweight, I mean, these guys are going to cross paths eventually, and that's, that's a really cool fight. 
Yeah. Speaking of reading the room, Pavlovich should probably learn how to read the room better when he posts things on social media because that was just awful and ridiculous. I didn't see it. I didn't. Uh, what is this something we shouldn't? We shouldn't. Uh, like you can go. Repeat? You can go check for itself. He might have deleted it. I don't know, but this is a big talking point yesterday. Gosh, I kind of missed that. It's pretty wild. And you'd always pick where from. Yeah, he pulled it up. You guys saw his tweet, right? Yeah, if you go find, you, you can go find it after the show. You can you can hit me up on Slack and give me your thoughts on it. <laughs> oh, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. So, okay. all right, I think we're done. I think okay. we're done. All right, we've, we've we've had a we've had a hell of a show, a heck yes. of a show. One would Thanks say. Thanks to some um, and some amazing like viewer live viewer suggestions. Great job, guys! Uh, for everyone who sent in DMs, don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll try to respond to you guys. Uh, yeah. Well, always appreciate always appreciate the DMs. I know you guys want those auto points, but uh, you know, post pay per view Sundays are for the for the live crowd. So yeah, thank you everyone who tuned in and, and for everyone who's going to listen to this later uh, on the podcast network. You know what we might do? Like we might just like because there's no UFC card next week, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll just maybe we'll just go through the DMs <sighs> next week. Listener special. I mean, just do a listener special. Sure. We'll, we'll make up for it. Yeah, we're yeah. going to need things to talk about and stuff. And Definitely. because we got to get ready for February 4th, or should I say February 5th, <gasps> when the UFC is back with in, just in prime boy, time, in prime time, Mike. 1 a.m. Eastern main card headlined by Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Bellator uh, is on CBS. That is going to be that, that is going to be an interesting night. That is going to be an interesting night. I'm just looking at that. Oh, it's also the road to the UFC yeah. finals. Uh, I'll put this up. Where can I listen to Heck of a Morning live? Twitter. MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. Yeah. That's where you can listen to it yeah. live. All right, Brandon. Oh, only, on Twitter, only on Twitter Spaces, but it's a great time. Jump in there if you can. Even if you're at work, just put it on when the boss isn't looking. And uh, call in. Call in. Bother Mike live. Mike, morning Mike. Morning show Mike is a whole other, is a whole other beast. Uh, why the time change? Because this car was supposed to be in South Korea. And there was talks and rumors and innuendo about the Korean zombie possibly headlining that card against Giga Chikadze. And then Korean zombie got injured and they built the, the reason they were doing that card was for him by all indications. And once he was unable to compete, they didn't feel the need to do the show there anymore because, um, yeah, it, it, they just could, they couldn't sell it in an arena. So they booked. The, they basically shifted the card to Vegas, and they're shifting the time to like prime time in South Korea. If that right. makes sense, uh, or uh, yeah, or uh, just a better time for Asia in general. Because we also, like I said, have the road to UFC finals. And I guess for anyone who's oh, Top Noy didn't make the finals. Oh, that sucks. Um, I guess for anyone who's been keeping up with that overseas, probably a better time for them to watch the show. Plus, you got you know Duho Choi, Don John. You've got you've got fighters from that region on the main card. So, but. <laughs> God, my God, help Derek Lewis and Sergey Spivak having to drag their asses out there at, like, what? Yeah. I don't even. It's Vegas, at least, so I guess it's more like midnight, one a.m. local time for them when the main event rolls around. That is, I don't think you're getting these guys at their best. Is what I'm gonna. I'm gonna put this out there right now. Yeah, Twizzy Rich, I'll give you ten seconds to throw throw a question up. That's like okay. answerable. Yeah, the old, I saw the your old, comment. I'm like, oh, I didn't old, put anything up. Like, I don't believe it. This is classic. The old, the old, uh, the old. Oh, they're, they're never gonna read my question out. Yeah, I think everybody got pulled up at some point. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, yeah, and if I missed you, then I'm sorry. It's hard doing up yeah. 5,000 things at once. I'm like 87 minutes of sleep. So, uh, but we're done. Yeah, I was we'll, you we'll, had your we'll chance. Give a second. Probably we'll left. Give a you second. probably left. You probably All right, left. well, 
I'll, I'll do a long goodbye and then uh, we'll get into So maybe we'll do something oh, you're, next week. You're, you're not going to do the rundown. Week. You're not going to do the rundown for, uh, for, oh no, we'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it uh, on the listener show. No, you know what? Let's, let's give the people what they want. Let's give you the people do this what now? they want. I mean, it's probably going to be a tough hang with the pronunciations, I'm sure, but. I will help if I can. So, don't, all right, don't let's know, pull I don't up, know who's are. Let's pull up February 4th, which is the go home show, which is the card that is essentially put together to promote the next pay-per-view. And this is what we're getting at 1 a.m. Eastern, the main card. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. Daun Jung, Devin Clark, your co-main event. Tybora Ivanov, featured bout. The return of Korean Superboy, Duho Choi versus Kyle Nelson. That's Yusaku cool. Konoshita versus Adam Fugitz. Uh, so five fight main card, I could deal with that. And then we have the road to the UFC final fights. We have Anchel Jubilee versus Jika Saragi. Jai versus Jiang Young Lee, Rinya Nakamura versus Toshiyomi Kazama, Hyun Sung Park versus Siung Guk Choi, Ji Yeon Kim versus Mandy Boehm, Jung Young Park versus Dennis Hulian, and Tatsuro Taira taking on Jesus Aguilar. There you go. Hey. Tatsuro Taira, the 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 the, uh, the sort of the unspoken like rookie of the year uh, candidate last year. Do we have some? Oh, Crazy Rich. Mazel Thompson, too. I, I think that's maybe why we didn't pull yours up, because you're just maybe you weren't doing 283 picks specifically. Oh, so yeah. usually we just skip over those because right. uh, we're focusing on that. But we got you up there, right? So leave me the hell alone. We're, we're a show for the people. And, 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 and Twizzy Rich, we appreciate you. But thank you. Yeah, thank you, Twizzy Rich, and everyone to listen. And we should be, again, more for the people next next weekend with the, with the next show. Yes, that's what we're going to do. So we appreciate you very much. Uh, back next week on the Podcast Network, and then uh, we'll be back live here uh, following UFC 284 when Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky battle out in the main event of UFC's return to Perth, Western Australia. So appreciate you all very much. If you're watching live, you're the best. Good on you. If you are listening after the fact, we appreciate that as well. And we'll see you next time right here on on to the next one. Always remember... Our big rule, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and that's what the show is all about. Have a great day, everybody. Appreciate you. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.